Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Money Show. My name is Kent Brown, co-founder here at Granger & Brown. This is the Daily Money Show for Tuesday, July 21st, 2020. Did not have an episode last Friday, in case you were looking for it. But we've got an episode for you today. On this podcast, we talk about anything and everything to do with the world of money. But we educate you as well, because finance, economics, investments can be extremely confusing and people just don't have time to figure those things out. That's where this show comes in. We take that confusing world, simplify it so that you feel more empowered because you become more knowledgeable. And with that knowledge, you can make better decisions with your money. Now, you can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and TuneIn Radio. Just search for The Daily Money Show. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, where most articles I talk about will be posted to those pages. If, you, if you're at those pages, you can search for The Daily Money Show. And while you're there at our pages, definitely like and follow us. All right, on today's episode, is the stock market a giant bubble? We're going to talk about it today, but let's jump into the markets for the day real quick. The S&P 500 finishing positive on the day, 0.17% to 3257 it's down roughly 4% from its recent all-time high. The Dow finished positive 0.6% on the day to 26,840. It's down roughly 9% from its recent all-time high. And the NASDAQ finished negative on the day. to It was negative 0.81% to 10,680. It's down roughly 1% from its recent all-time high. And by the way, it made a new all-time high yesterday. Uh, at 10,767. So that's the NASDAQ uh, new all-time high as of yesterday. Let's jump into it for today. So is the stock market a big bubble? Okay, remember what we talked about regarding Tesla on episode 244. We talked about Tesla's market cap, right? The, The value of Tesla as a company according to its stock price and how it was valued at the time According to its stock, more than Volkswagen, Honda, Ford, GM, Fiat Chrysler, Nissan, BMW, and Hyundai, more than all of those combined, Tesla. So what about the stock market in general? We're gonna, I'm going to read off a bunch of tweets today. I say a bunch of tweets. I don't know. There's two, three, four, five, maybe five or six tweets here today. And we're going to talk about that. So let's start with This tweet from Sven Heinrich of Northman Trader. This is from today. Uh, Here's what he says. Yesterday, U.S. markets closed at a valuation of $33.2 trillion or 154.2% market cap versus GDP. As GDP is dropping, markets are now valued higher than ever in total and versus GDP. Given negative earnings growth, this makes this market the largest financial bubble in our lifetimes. So he's pretty clear about calling this the largest financial bubble in our lifetimes. How about Lisa Abramich of Bloomberg? This is from today. Listen to this. The NASDAQ market cap So basically, how much all the companies that make up the NASDAQ index are worth according to their stock price, the NASDAQ market cap 
is now bigger than the nominal GDP, gross domestic product, of the European Union's 27 member countries. That's according to, I guess, she says DB's Jim Reed. I'm guessing that's Deutsche Bank's Jim Reed. So the companies that make up the NASDAQ, their market cap, based on the stock price or how much they're worth as a whole, is worth more than the nominal GDP, or it's higher than the nominal GDP of the European Union's 27 member countries. And she's got a chart here that she provides. And looking at the chart, the NASDAQ came close to being worth more than those member countries of the European Union back in guess what year? In the year 2000. All right. Now, it didn't actually surpass it. Today, it has, and I, I know it wasn't today, today, based on the chart. It looked like it surpassed it. I'm not sure exactly what day it did, but today it is higher than those member countries' nominal GDP. All right, this is from Julian Battelle. This is from July 15th, but listen to this. The NFIB survey on actual earnings changes fell another nine points in June, now down a record 28 points year over year. The last time the index was down negative 20, so again, this is it's down negative 28, this survey, uh, the last time it was down, or this index, was down negative 20, the S&P 500 was down 50% year over year. I'm reading, I'm still reading his tweet, excuse me. The disconnect between stocks and fundamentals continues amidst crazy valuations and diverging market internals. Okay, so he provides a chart, and it's tracking small business actual earnings changes uh, year over year versus S&P 500 year over year. And the correlation, or basically as you, it's two colored lines to simplify it, right? The On his chart, the, the teal or turquoise or green, whatever you color, is following the gray line, or the gray line is following the green line. And they correlate, so basically in the same direction, right? In 2000, they both were down, right? And, and then in that recession, and then rebounded up higher. And then in, into 2008, both of them were down and then rebounded higher. So they're, they're kind of with each other, correlated. Now, what he's saying in the tweet is the last time small biz earnings were down 20 points, that was, if you look at the chart, that looks like it was 2008. And you can see the line, how it dipped to the negative 20 point mark-ish, or maybe a little bit lower. And he's saying, hey, the last time it was down that far, the S&P was down 50% year over year. And you can see it here on the chart. Well, today small business earnings are below that 2008 level. That line is like down through the toilet below the 2008 level. Yet the S&P 500 hasn't followed it down. So one possible scenario is that the S&P 500 has an epic decline in its future to catch down, not catch up, catch down to where small business earnings are. Uh, here's a few more. Uh, this is from Sentiment Trader. This is via Twitter. Uh, from today, listen to this one. 
the top five stocks in the S&P 500 make up more than 20% of the index for the first time in 40 years. So basically 1% of the companies in the S&P 500, 1%, like five stocks, right? S&P 500, 500, five stocks or five companies make up 20% of the entire index. First time in 40 years. Let me finish this tweet. They have added 5% in relative market cap over the past year. So they've gone up. That's now a excuse me, that's now a faster growth rate than the year that shall not be named. So when he says the year that shall not be named, he's referring to the 2000 tech bubble. And he's got a chart and it's showing that that today basically those uh, five stocks in the S&P 500 that make up 20% of the entire index, the growth of those five stocks over the past year is faster than the 2000 tech bubble. Now, here's another one, the same person, Sentiment Trader. And now, as I read it, keep in mind, this is from July 13th. So as I read this, keep in mind, July 13th. Uh, Here we go. The NASDAQ 100 rallied more than 2% intraday to set an all-time high then reversed to close down by more than 1%. So what he's saying here is that it went up 2% intraday, set an all-time high, and then in that same day of trading, it fell from up 2% to down more than 1%. So that's a 3% or plus drop. So listen to the rest of the tweet. It's done that twice. Today was one. March 7th, 2000 was the other. So... It's only done that twice before today. Or when I say today, that was July 13th. That was one of them. And the other time that the NASDAQ 100 did that, when it rallied more than 2% intraday and then reversed and closed more down more than 1%, the other time it did that was March 7th of 2000. If you don't know what March of 2000, uh, what the significant... Uh, I'm thinking of my words here, what the significance is of that time frame or that date, that's the month that the tech bubble peaked and then popped and fell was the, was the 2000 tech bubble. Now, so we've got the stock market, NASDAQ, making new all-time highs as of yesterday. We've got S&P 500, only 4% from its all-time high. But then we we rotate here and we've got historic unemployment numbers or at least uh, with people collecting unemployment and here's an update uh, this is from Wolf Street regarding the unemployment claims this is from last Thursday's number so it's a July 16th titled 32 million people on state and federal unemployment second highest ever week 17 of US labor market collapse so as of last Thursday, 32 million Americans were receiving some type of unemployment benefit. Now, you've also got, so you've got on a high unemployment, you have also have businesses closing down maybe for a long period of time or maybe permanently. This is, this is an article from yesterday from the New York Post 
uh, titled Third of New York City's Small Businesses May Never Reopen, report says. Listen to what it says. A third of the city's 230,000 small businesses may never reopen, according to a grim new report by a leading industry group. So a third of 230,000 businesses, so roughly 76,000 businesses. Think about that. 76,000 businesses may never reopen in New York City alone. What about the rest of the country? So we've got tens of millions of people on some type of unemployment aid. Who knows how many businesses may close for a longer term or may permanently close. The stock market, close to all-time highs or making new all-time highs, depending on if you're talking about the NASDAQ, how does this all end? Remember what Jamie Dimon said recently, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. This was... This, I read this tweet from Jonathan Farrow um, on, uh, was it the last episode of the episode before that? It, it might have been the last episode. This is from July 14th. Here's the tweet. This is from J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon. This is not a normal recession. The recessionary part of this, you're going to see down the road. You will see the effect of this recession. You're just not going to see it right away because of all the stimulus. So he says it right there. We haven't seen the effects of this recession because of all this stimulus being pumped in. Government, are, what have we had, like $3 trillion roughly dollars from the government in unemployment benefits, uh, direct payments to Americans, uh, whatever else was in the stimulus bills. And then they're already they're talking about as we speak another one to one and a half trillion dollars for the next uh, stimulus bill. So here is Jamie Dimon, the CEO of I don't know if Chase is the largest bank in the country, maybe one of the largest banks, and he's saying, "Hey, uh, we're not we're going to see this recessionary part of this recession down the road." The, we're going to see that effect of this recession. We're just not seeing it right away because of all this stimulus. So we might need to buckle up as we see how this all plays out over the next couple of years. Uh, my current positioning, I am short an ETF that follows small cap stocks. So that's all we've got for today. We will talk to you again on Friday. And remember, as always, bad debt equals Lots of regret. Bye now. All information and materials discussed on this podcast are for educational purposes only. Opinions expressed on this podcast are based on information considered reliable, but Granger and Brown cannot guarantee the accuracy of the information, nor should it be relied upon. The host is an active trader who may be invested in securities or investments discussed on this program in which he may take long or short positions. Also, the host's trading may be short-term in nature, and positions disclosed should not be taken as investment advice nor recommendation to buy or sell any securities or investments. The information discussed on this podcast should not be used as a recommendation to buy or sell any securities or investments or taken as investment advice. There could be real risk of loss by following any opinions or investment strategy discussed on this podcast as prices regarding securities or investments may rise or fall dramatically depending on the market environment. Current or past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments or securities discussed on this podcast may not be suitable for any individual's situation. Individuals should seek advice from a licensed investment professional or professionals regarding their own personal investment situation, time horizon, or needs. 
Returns and information in this podcast are estimates only and might not be exact. There are risks when investing in real estate, including liquidity risk, in which the sale of your real estate purchase could take a prolonged amount of time. Also, if you choose to sell your real estate purchase, you might have to sell it for less than what you originally paid. There are also risks and possible tax consequences associated with investing in real estate inside an IRA. Granger and Brown Investments is not a registered investment advisor or broker-dealer. Granger and Brown Investments is not an accounting firm and does not give tax advice regarding any security or any real estate transaction. You may want to consult with an accountant, attorney, real estate agent, or financial advisor before proceeding with any transaction regarding securities or real estate.